downloading today's UWA Alumni Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Van Camp, and today's special guest is Ben Malice, NBA writer and basketball journalist. How you doing? Yeah, good, Josh. Great to be here and finally doing this. Yeah, I know. We've been talking about it for a while, and uh, even though I'm talking you up as an NBA writer and basketball journalist, you actually, that's your side hustle. You actually is. got a day job, don't you? I do, yes. I've got a day job that actually comes from my degree I did here at UWA, <laughs> so it's funny how that all works out. It's amazing how that happened. For all the listeners out there, what did you study while you here at UWA? So I pretty boring actually just studied a straight commerce degree did accounting and finance and a little bit of law that I dabbled in but it was mainly the commerce side and the finance side and that's where my first job out of uni took me and my career kicked off yeah it's amazing how that all I guess how it's all happened how you were you know, did a bachelor of commerce at UWA and you somehow you managed to find your way working for pick and roll which for those that don't know is a basketball website yes how do you manage your time between pick and roll and as your and your day job as a <laughs> manager at BDO? I think in short, the first six months or so that I was trying to juggle both, it was it was honestly a struggle because as you say, I'd come from working full-time in this commerce world where it's you've got one job and that's what you do and that was honestly fine. But I think describing the basketball stuff as a side hustle is the perfect way to put it at first. It was something that I was passionate about and interested in. So in that sense, it was quite cliche that it was just a few baby steps to begin with, finding my free time on weekends at nights to just start writing and exploring this side of things. And as that kicked off, you slow, I slowly found that I got more comfortable in terms of the routine and I suppose balancing the responsibilities of two careers. So I wish I could say there was an easy quick fix to it, but it just does come with time and learning how to switch your mind on and off the different tasks that you have to do to get these done. So did you always want to be a journalist when you were younger? Yeah, I think that was my first memory of wanting to do anything. I have two memories. The first was wanting to drive a truck like Dad, <laughs> <laughs> which I quickly learnt wasn't as glamorous as I thought it was. And the second was journalism. I remember I used to live in Kalgoorlie as a kid and my favourite person as a child was Dennis Comedy. I used to love how he'd talk about football and how... He just made it exciting and I was honestly in love with this world of media and journalism that he sort of brought me into. And so, yeah, it's my first, I suppose, real job that I wanted from the young age was to get into this media space. It's funny how you talked about with your dad being a truck driver and you realise it wasn't as glamorous. Yeah. Being a journalist isn't that glamorous <laughs> no, either. Everyone, everyone sees the finished product. Everyone sees all the amazing sporting events that you've been to, which yeah. we'll go in, into later in the podcast. But it isn't as sexy as people think it is. No, it makes for a good Instagram feed, but there's a lot of hard work <laughs> and uh, late nights hidden behind that. You're definitely correct. It's an amazing story that you've got coming up as well because your side hustle is actually making you move to yes. Philadelphia, isn't it? It so is. So for those who don't know, Philadelphia is in the United States. You're moving there in September to chase your dream. Was it a hard decision to make? Primarily, you're going to be leaving your friends and family here in Perth. And you're not really sure where this is going to lead. No, you're right. In, it's been the hardest decision, but also the easiest, easiest decision I've ever made. And I say it's easy because you're right. It's this one thing that I've always wanted to do. And when I started on this journey a few years ago, it was never I had to get to Philadelphia in the September month of 2018. It was an organic process that grew into that. But everything you say is right. It's hard moving away from Perth to begin with. And away from the infrastructure of the life that I have set up. And I think working at BDO has been wonderful. And even though it's in that commerce setting, the lessons that I've learned from that, uh, they help me out endlessly. 
and strictly looking at it on an on paper point of view my career is going really really well at bdo so it is it's really tough to walk away from that the wonderful people that i've got there at bdo and even around town the people that i've met and the friendships i've made is it is really hard to walk away from but at the end of the day i know this it just has to be done for my own sanity as much as anything because it's worth a chance of taking this leap right now and, and just BDO, see where it comes. Yeah, and BDO have been really supportive of you as well, which has been amazing. I mean, last year you were at the Summer League. You yeah. also spent time in Philadelphia, spent some time in Milwaukee. Not too many employers would be like, yep, yeah, Ben, go go overseas, go do your, your side hustle yeah. and you come back to us, which everyone probably expect that. But No, you're it's, 100%. It's, it's a risk right. on, on their side as well, isn't it? No, 100%. And I honestly owe a lot to, I suppose, the family I've built at BDO, like my direct boss, Natalie Milne has been wonderful in allowing me to build a career at BDO, but also explore this part of me that I just couldn't suppress any longer. And everything you said about BDO is correct. I know there's a lot of firms out there, whether it be the engineering space, the legal space, or the commerce space, where what I've been able to do just wouldn't fly. And I think that's a detriment to a lot of people trying something like I've tried. Mm. And yeah, as I say, like BDO has been instrumental in me getting to where I am today. What are your goals when you move to Philadelphia? You, we've discussed this off air many a time where you're leveraging NBA superstar and Australian icon, I yeah. guess we can call him now, Ben Simmons. I mean, what are your goals? Is your goals to follow Ben around city to city? Are you just going to stay in Philadelphia and that's just going to be your home? New York's just a train ride away. I mean, what are your goals for your time I think there? Philadelphia is a good spot, obviously, because Ben is there, but also where it's located, it's a short train ride up to New York. It's a short train ride down to DC. So I've got the east coast of America and the central mm. hub right there at my fingertips. And in terms of my goals, I think short term, it's just sustaining myself and honestly throwing a lot of things against the wall and seeing what sticks from a pure sporting point of view and the media space, there is a massive gap in terms of how popular basketball is in Australia at the moment. Mm. And there just isn't a reliable resources, resource that's continually pumping information back to Australia. So I suppose to begin with, I want to try fill that gap mm -hmm. as much as possible so that people back home can experience life in the NBA through an Australian prism, but also take them one step closer and if they've got, if there are people out there that have similar passions to you and me, I hope to be able to help them identify with the athletes and get closer to the sport. I want to kind of go back to your time at, at UWA because we talked about you studying commerce. I mean, why did you choose to study commerce in the first place, knowing that where your passion lied? Oh, the first answer is that it was the safe thing to do mm. as an 18 year old. And while I say I wanted to explore this media world and this journalism world, I had no idea what that looked like when I was 18. I had no idea where I wanted to take that. I knew it existed as a passion, but it was probably too abstract for me as a young person to take that into a career. Mm. So yeah, I did what was the safe thing and got a commerce degree. And to be honest, my first two years at uni, I just bounced through that not knowing really what was going on. I was a typical university student, just enjoying the lifestyle of university more so than I suppose, the learning aspect of uni to begin with. You're talking about commerce being was the safe choice. Yeah. And we've discussed journalists not exactly being the safest choice. I mean, journalism, the future of journalism is changing day by day. Are you worried about the future of journalism? And is there a part of you going, I want to go now before the career of a journalist 
changes where a journalist is probably going to be you it's going to be a commerce grad and journalism is the side hustle i mean is there a part of that to you there making is the move part of that in, st- in terms of the pure journalism setting i agree that it's very much in flux and it does alarm me a little bit where that's heading in terms of my personal position this is where i feel that i am very fortunate because as much as going to america and trying to make this jump is a very big deal I've got the fallback of my commerce degree and I've got, I don't mean to paint it as a backup plan because that's too harsh of a way to describe it, but I've got another career that if all goes bad and I have to come home in three months time, I can walk back into the career that I've built up in a pretty lucrative industry. And if I'm being real, it's not as hard of work as I do on the journalism side of things to get to where I want to go. So. I consider myself very lucky that mm. I've got a security blanket that, yeah, I am jumping into a hyper-competitive industry, but in terms of the position I'm in, I'm encouraged to go do that now because in many ways I have nothing to lose. And pretty much, I mean, your whole career, you've been creating your own own luck. I mean, how did this, I guess, journalist career start? Honestly, it just started with a love of writing and I started doing a couple of AFL blogs probably when I started my career at BDO doing banter emails and just all that sort of stuff that wasn't really going anywhere. I actually did come back to university at UWA to start a master's program that I did for a semester, but it was more tailored toward the politics side of things, which by the time I was doing that, I was 24 and I knew where I wanted to take this Mm. journalism option. So I abandoned that. I went to Europe for a few months, had a holiday, regrouped, and then I came back at the start of 2016 And I knew basketball was what I wanted to get into. I wanted to go to America as much as possible and explore this world. And so I just started writing about basketball. I got in contact with the guys that run the pick and roll and asked if I could write for them. And it honestly snowballed from there. I started writing with them mid-2016. And as you say, six months later, I was in New Orleans at All-Star Weekend Mm -hmm. doing what I'd always dreamed of doing. Now... When you reached out to Pick and Roll, were you writing for them for free? Were they paying you? How how was that working? It was all for free. Yeah. They're a wonderful website and the exposure that I've gotten through them is worth more than, I suppose, the token amount that I know some websites pay. Yep. So the best thing about the Pick and Roll, and this still holds true, is they've got such a wonderful reputation. And they are quite serious in terms of the writers that they put on board. They're not just going to pick up anyone that's keen to write for them. So their reputation was what drew me to them, and it's what served me very well in so, my career. So, I mean, basically you were volunteering, you were volunteering your time yeah, for correct. them. Were you volunteering in other aspects in the lead-up to that for other organisations, um, not even just in the journalist world, but, you know, maybe a sporting club or the local YMCA? Like, was there anything like that ha- taking place? Yeah, I was involved with sporting clubs all through my youth and my early 20 years as well, and... Just recently as well, I suppose the last 18 months or so, a good friend of mine's on the board of a local charity called On My Feet who helps homeless people regain, I suppose, structure and control over their life through a fitness program and a commitment to running. So I've been helping out Aiden with that for the last 18 months. And that's, once again, it's in my sweet spot of there's that athletic element, there's the sports element, and it's helping people out, and that's wonderfully invigorating. I'm kind of curious, because I'm pretty sure I know the answers to this one, but... Do you have a mentor? Did you have a mentor that helped you through, I guess, the journalist career that you're now, I guess, aspiring to be? Um, I suppose in terms of mentors, I don't really have a firm journalism mentor. The guys at the pick and roll have been wonderful and the editor there has been wonderful in helping me bounce through this career. 
The only problem being that he's based in Melbourne mm. and they're all over there. So he helps me out as much as he can. But in a funny way, I think my best mentors have come from BDO. Mm. There was a guy named Aaron who was my manager when I started. And he's just like me and you, Josh. He's got his side hustle. He runs a coffee business, but he's also a person that you looked at on paper that was a successful accountant. Mm. And so in terms of mentorship, Aaron was the one person that really helped me out and really got me leaning into this side hustle, as you called it, and yeah. gave me the confidence to try something like this. So do you think it's more common common for people to have as we, you know, branding it as a side hustle? Is it becoming more common, not just at BDO, but just society as a whole? I think so. I think like I'm a millennial, so <laughs> I identify with people in their 20s and I think, our short attention spans and all that stuff that's well known is true mm. but i think with that comes a level of heightened arrogance almost that we're not willing to settle as much as probably the generation before us and so that causes difficulties i know but i think it also means that people are more encouraged to try something on the side and especially the rise of technology and all that sort of stuff i know for me that played a part the fact that i can watch sport from america in my bedroom then go into my office and write about it or from Perth on a summer's day shows that anyone can do anything. So if there's any side hustle that someone wants to explore, it's very easy to get into it now. It is now. And I think probably 10 years ago, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Uh, agreed. So now this is one thing I'm actually curious because I don't even know the, know the answer to this. Who's the most famous person you've interviewed and why? Why were you interviewing them? So uh, most famous person is obviously in the basketball space. <laughs> <laughs> I think... One for me that was really cool was Andrew Gaze. I spoke to him last year when I was doing a big story about the Australian boomers. Mm. And while he's probably not the biggest name with air quotes going on here, out there it just tarkened back to when I was sitting in Kalgoorlie watching the NBL when I was seven, eight years old. So I think for me that mm. was a really, it was probably bigger in my world than it would be to a lot of other people. But in terms of big names, that's what's up there for me. And of course, like I've been lucky to interview NBA athletes. I've had time with LeBron James in a scrum. I've got people like Joe Ingles and Dante Exum and Andrew Bogut alone. And that's really, really cool as well. And thinking I did that and telling me that five years ago would have blown my mind. But the cool thing with that, what most people don't know, is that you've paid your own way to get to these places. Yep. You know, no one's paying for your flights, your, your accommodation. You're doing this all yourself. No, the best way to think about it, it's like a, an internship that I'm not getting paid to go do this that i'm having to get myself over to the to where the action is but the pick and roll have helped me get into these events and get me the exposure but yeah as you say it was on me to actually get over there and get myself in a position where luck can take over now i'm gonna have to wrap this up every podcast every graduate we is always asked this question if you could give one piece of advice to a first year student what would it be i think looking back the biggest advice i'd give to someone starting university is just to enjoy university for what it is and to not get caught up excuse me in the need to try to get the best grades or make the most friends or jump into a certain circle of influence just to almost take it as it comes and know that yes university it is important but it's just the first stepping stone into the life that you want and i can only look through the prism of what i've been able to achieve rocking up to yobby on the first day not knowing anyone doing a commerce degree and finding a career in the media space that's such a crazy story and it only happened because i sort of trusted trusted the infrastructure of university and just tried to enjoy it for what it was as much as i could no, that's that's really good advice and one thing i want to let our listeners know because ben's with him moving to philadelphia in september is he's already been connected with uwo graduates before he arrives so if anyone out there listening is thinking of moving to a to a city or already currently overseas and 
can meet with graduates in their city, contact us today. We're happy to help. But yeah. uh, Ben, good luck with the move. Going to miss all our chats, mate. But uh, good luck and uh, hope to see you back here soon, okay? No, thanks, Josh. Appreciate the time. Thank you for downloading today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. At UWA, we help connect alumni with each other in our university through regular events on campus across Australia and the globe. To ensure you don't miss out on events near you, make sure your contact details are up to date and follow UWA alumni on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you.